This episode is powered by Safety FM. Welcome to the Safety Consultant Podcast. I'm your host, Sheldon Primus. Uh, here's the podcast where I teach you the business of being a safety consultant. Talk about OSHA compliance. Talk about event coordinating sometimes. Talk about all kinds of stuff, right? It's my job to help you help yourself. Let me know that one. Let me help you. Come on. <laughs> uh, so, I am... Just very, very, very grateful for everyone who is joining me today. Thank you so much for joining the show. Uh, you could always lock, like, and subscribe. Do all the things to make sure that you get the show again and again and again. And generally speaking, like I've mentioned before, I actually have more people that are listening and uh, downloading than actually are subscribed. So let's see if we can work on that one. Get you guys subscribing. So go ahead and do that one. So thank you so much. Hopefully this 2023 has been starting off okay for you. And you've been doing very well. You, the family, and everyone else. Uh, those of you that are on Safety Consultant TV watching me now, you're actually just watching the screen, uh, but you're not seeing me. So let me uh, click my camera on so you can see me. There we go. Ta-da. I'm right here. So those of you in Safety Consultant TV world, I'm waving at you. Those of you listening to the podcast, then you just got my voice. So what I mean with Safety Consultant TV world, if you're not familiar, go to safetyconsultant.tv and you're going to have a nice area that I've set up for you to learn the business of being a safety consultant. So Safety Consultant TV and it's safetyconsultant.tv. That's the actual domain name is, you know, .tv. When you get there, you're going to choose the monthly option and put in a code that says SC101 and you will get 30 days free to see the visuals of not only some of our podcast episodes with guests and with myself, but then also about the lessons learned and the things we're going to learn. So those of you that are on Safety Consultant TV watching this, you know what the topic is today. We're going to be talking about the CEU system and recertification of your designations. That's the plan. But before we get to that, I want to go through the, the analytics again. I did this last week. I thought it was pretty fun, so I'm going to do it again. So let's choose a period of this year, which is going to start from uh, January 1st till now. I'm going to select it, downloads, and then I'm going to look for the countries. Now let's see uh, uh, by location who has been listening. All right, so top 10 listeners right now. USA is number one. Hungary is second. 
Taiwan is third, Singapore is fourth, Portugal is fifth, Netherlands, you are number six, Canada, you are number seven, Hong Kong, you are number eight, number nine is Finland, and number 10 is Germany. So that is the top 10 countries right now that I've been listening to the broadcast. Thank you very much. Bring it in. Let's get a hug. Can I get a hug? Just a little hug. Bring it in. Ah, yes. <laughs> All right. Thank you, guys. You guys rock. Oh, hold on. I forget. I come with my own board. <laughs> All right. Stop humoring myself. So today, I'm going to uh, talk to us about uh, the recertification process for your designations. So that's, uh, that's going to be the, the plan for the day. And I have a whole bunch of research that I did, and I you know, broke it on down uh, as to uh, how we are going to get ourselves recertified. So I'm going to uh, start you guys off with that. I know many of you have your designations. Either you've had me as your instructor as a COS, which is Certified Occupational Safety Specialist, or COS-M, which is Certificate of Occupational Safety Managers. Uh, both are, are programs which are from the Alliance Safety Council. They're signature programs. I've been working with them for quite a while. And uh, BCSP, they're another organization that does designations and certifications. So I'll tell you a little bit specifically about those two organizations because I'm familiar with them quite a bit. So I'm going to add that in there. But before I do, I just want to let you guys know about two th events that are going on right now. So one is the... IDC, which is Instructor Development Course, and this one is specifically for Hydrogen Sulfide Exposure, H2S. So you guys know my story in wastewater treatment for all kinds of H2S um, exposure. So I need that. But you guys in oil and gas, oh my. You guys have all kinds of exposure of H2S. You guys that are emergency responders, you're going to have H2S exposure. Those of you guys that are in medical, you're going to have that. In manufacturing, you're going to have H2S exposure. So what this is, is for those people who want to be the instructor of hydrogen sulfide for your organization, for the end user, or like myself, I'm going to be using this training because I am a student for this one. And I'm going to be doing that. And I am going to train it to basically help my clients, if you would. So I'm going to take you guys online so you could see View Stub, V I E W S T U B dot com forward slash H2SIDC. VStub.com forward slash H, the number two, S, I, D, C. And that stands for Hydrogen Sulfide Instructor Development Course. So VStub.com forward slash H, two S, 
IDC. And that is going to get you to the hydrogen sulfide page and you can see if this is the course for you. I'm also doing something else, but this one you're going to have to act on real quick. So go to Primus Webinar, Primus.Webinar, and you're going to see an OSHA record keeping class that I'm doing as well. So those are the two things that I am going to be doing. And this is the week of January 21st, or excuse me, 22nd, 2023. All right, so with that, be right back and let's go over the IDCs. All right, welcome back. So let's talk about recertification. I think before I left, I said IDC. I meant recertification. Forgive me. It's early <laughs> for me. If you guys on Safety Consultant TV, you guys are watching my time signature on the bottom right corner, and you're seeing it's 8.35 a.m. I'm drinking my coffee. Let me hit that silent. So there we go. It's early. That's my excuse. So uh, this actually topic came up in my brain because I was thinking about a few things. Uh, one came up because of um, at least two to three repeated uh, past students that I said, what do we need to do for recertification? And I was like, oh, that's what I tell them last day of every class, right? How to recertify. But there's a lot going on. So obviously they've forgotten and I was like, all right, let me bring that up. And then again, I saw it in one of the groups that I'm, I'm on on Facebook. And I was like, all right, a lot of people do not know what the CEUs mean and contact hours and everything else. So in a previous life and current, I should say, I am still a wastewater treatment operator in Florida and Every two years, we need to get a certain amount of continuing education units in order for us to retain our license. So those are CEUs. A lot of people hear the term and they're not familiar with that. They see it in their recertification guidance that they've got their degree or excuse me, they got their certification and every three years, every two years, they need to recertify. So they may see that. And they know they got to recertify. They know the term, or at least the acronym CEU, Continuing Education Units, but they may not understand what all that entails. So let's start from the beginning. Those of you that are on Safety Consultant TV, you'll be able to see me as I uh, navigate. Those of you that are listening, here are the rules for all eternity since I've started this podcast. I am going to explain how to get there first. And if you are driving, you're going to just listen. And then when you get home, you're going to listen again, or you get to work or wherever, when you can safely access the internet. And then you're going to go ahead and follow uh, wherever I lead you on the you know, 
on, on typing it out. <laughs> You're not going to follow me wherever I lead you. That might be overstating it just a little. Okay, so first let's figure out what are continuing education units, right? So with this one, I decided let's go basic. So I went to the actual college board in the US, a professional college board, and they're the certifying body for most of our professional um, degrees or, um, excuse me, designations such as doctor, nurse. Uh, for me, I'm a wastewater operator, so to be a C license operator in my state, I have to get continuing education units. So at that point, we're all kind of following what our CEUs. We need that definition first. So let's give you the history. And I am going to put in a couple of organizations history that you're going to really need to be aware of in order for this uh, conversation to make sense. So first we're going to talk about IACET, C-E-T, so I-A-C-E-T, and that stands for International Accreditors of Continuing Education and Training, I-A-C-E-T. So they are the developers and they're part of the development of the original CEU units. So let's talk about how that came about. So let's uh, get that history in there for you. So where you're going to go is IACET.org and you want to look for the page that is going to be their about page. So the term CEU is a public domain term. It is used by many organizations for their continuing education or professional training hours. However, these are not true IACET CEUs. So the IACET organization, I'm on their site now, and they say the CEU was created and defined in 1970 after ICET and the U.S. Department of Education Task Force studied the measurement of non-credit continuing education activities. So credit is something coming from a college board that is going to come through your institutions of higher learning or your schools that are um, just pretty much once you get, well, it'll be higher learning because it's going to be credits that'll count towards a college degree, uh, whatever level of college degree. So that's going to be your, uh, those are the credit hours and that's going to be different. They needed another unit of a uh, unit of measurement outside of that. So in 1970, IASET and the U.S. Department of Education they had a task force, and they want to measure non-credit continuing education activities. The continuing education unit was designed to, and then they give you three bullets underneath that. First bullet. Provide a standard unit of measurement for continuing education and training. Quantify continuing education and training activities, meaning what will qualify for this. 
And then the last thing is to accommodate for diversity of providers, activities, and purposes in adult education. So all this is really having to deal with how do we know for sure that an adult got trained to the degree that they have a new understanding by participating in an activity. That measurement, that unit of measurement has to be someplace as an assessment or maybe um, assessment through written skills or demonstration. But something has to show that, yes, they've learned, uh, the adult learned some skill because of the activity that was taken. So that becomes where this measurement is. So that's where you're getting the, the CEUs. So how do are they calculated? For every 10 contact hours of training, and it's going to be approved for training, uh, and who approves it? That's the key. That's the we'll, we'll bring in that part of the conversation as well. But 10 contact hours is one continuing education unit. That's your unit of measurement. So therefore, you now know that contact hours, they actually count even though someone can't give you a CEU because a CEU is actually something that is going to be uh, something that a provider must give to you. And that provider has to go through hoops and jump through all kinds of uh, different rules, if you would, and payments in order to be a provider for a specific CEU through an organization. That's where you get your IA sets in the world or the CPD organizations. Uh, those organizations now, they issue the CEUs, but the provider is working under that umbrella from the main company. So IOSH, that's the same thing. So that is the mindset behind the CEUs. However, how do you translate that now from continuing education and CEUs to activities? So let's, um, I'm going to pull over uh, for the that are looking at Safety Consultant TV and you're watching me do this demonstration. I just moved and drug over to one of my screens. Uh, the CPD, which is a accrediting international accreditation body. They have a little section in their website, and that's cpduk.co.uk forward slash about. So you kind of scroll down the about page. And they have a little section that says, what can be CPD certified? So meaning what can get continuing education units? Units have to come from an accrediting body, accrediting organization through an authorized provider. So this accrediting body says you can do training courses, you can do seminars, you can have workshops, you can do online courses, events, webinars. And there's some of these uh, organizations that are CEU providers that also are including podcast listening and a few other things. But again, you have to go back to the original definition to for a CEU to be called a CEU. You're going to have to make sure that 
uh, that there is some sort of skill or knowledge that is being learned. So somewhere along the line, somewhere that from listening to a podcast or listening to an event to getting your CEUs, in between there, you're actually going to have to show that you learned something. And generally, it's going to be demonstration or quiz. And so that is the uh, the mindset. You can't just get it just to get it. It just does not work that way unless it's contact hours. Contact hours are different. That's just the time that you spent in uh, learning. So many of you have designations. So let's start with one of the... Uh, boards called Board of Certified Safety Professionals. One of the designations are people that, that certify. CSP is their flagship products. You got ASP, you got CSS, or excuse me, STS, STSC, CHST, and all those acronyms have you know legitimate names behind it. But those are what we always reference to as the alphabet soup, right? So um, they actually have, for their designation, a recertification guide. So I'm going to put that on the screen for those of you that are on the um, Safety Consultant TV. And uh, for Safety Consultant TV, I'm actually going to put the links to these documents for you guys. So when you log in, you're going to be able to see this video. And I'm going to put these links so you guys, you, you got a couple of steps uh, taken care of for you. If you want to get on Safety Consultant TV, just go to safetyconsultant.tv, sign up. I gave you the code already, but let's give it to you one more time. SC101. And you too can have the guides that I'm going to put in there just to make sure that you have your designations all worked out. So I'm going to blow the screen up a little for you guys so you can see a little bit better. But uh, what I'm looking at is there is a guide from BCSP and they break down point systems and their point systems are already used for recertification. So those of you that have one of their designations, you need to know things first. When did you get your designation so you know when your renewal is done? Secondly, is the renewal cycle the year to date? You know, is it three years if you took it on January 30th uh, for 2023? And now three years in 2026, is it going to be January 30th or is it going to be December 31st of that year? Is it calendar year or is it anniversary for when your actual uh, designation is up. And then the other thing you really need to know is the process to recertify. How much it costs, where do you do your checklist, how do you retain and maintain activities that counts towards your CEUs or points. So let's explain points versus CEUs now. So along the way, uh, safety and health kind of figured out that we're working adults. <laughs> we're not all going to be able to take classes. 
sometimes our workforce just we can't just go away to take classes to retain all of our designations by taking classes however as professionals we do stuff see that's me being oversimplifying we do stuff so for doing stuff you could get credit for that and that credit has been moved into a point system there's categories and credits uh, for points so i'm going to tell you the 10 categories under the bcsp and then i'll tell you some categories for the cost cost m again i'm only going to stick with those uh, designations because um, those are there's just so many and i'm familiar with these so uh, points now can be used to make up how many uh, basically what you need for recertification so here's the points and it depends on what your designation is depends on what you, how many points you need but you got categories where you could have points for professional safety practice that's category one category two is membership in safety organizations and again for each category for your designation make sure you follow what is uh, accredited or i should say what's allowed credits or allowed activities not everything's going to be allowed so you have to make sure you read read it real good uh, category three is organizational service category four is publication conference presentations and patents so that's basically if you contribute to the safety and health um, field in those areas you can get credit for that by points service to their organization is category five category six is professional development certification and excuse me conferences category seven is if you uh, take a seminar or some sort of uh, public uh, program this is probably going to be where you're going to get your your hour cl uh, classification for spending time in a class it would be a category seven seven point if you take college courses again college beats designation i'm sorry gang you get a degree that beats your designation hands down uh, so there's a category eight for that category nine is for advanced degrees and then category 10 is for additional certification and licenses you can get credit for those as well um, just to qualify my statement a little about education versus designation not everyone is going to be able to get an associate's, a bachelor's, um, uh, a doctorate, and a master's. I understand that. And that's why designations have been popularized and famous because of that. But if someone has their doctorate and someone's a CSP, which one in your brain is more educated? in your brain it's going to be the doctor who's going to hold the more prestige it's going to be the doctor right uh, so practically speaking is what i mean there so i might get some letters and emails regarding my statement if i do then it's sheldon at sheldonprimus.com best way to reach me so for those of you on safety consultant tv you just saw that i drug over the cost and the cost m designation i teach for alliance so uh, you guys know i've mentioned them quite a bit let's 
show you that you need 15 points for your costs and 20 points for your cost M. Here are the categories for designation. And then they even give you how many maximum points are allowed in each category. So let's give you, for instance, contact hours. I told you guys I'm doing two courses. One is a OSHA record keeping course. That's going to be a three hour class. Uh, go to primus.webinars, uh, primus.webinar, excuse me, and you can sign up for that one. And if you have a problem with the primus.webinar, then uh, the other one that I usually use is um, primus.training. So you could do primuswebinar.com or primus.training, and you could get to the OSHA record keeping course three hours that's going to give you three contact hours it's not even a ceu yet it's going to be 0.3 ceus if you're going to do the uh, the hydrogen sulfide class we're estimating it's going to be two and a half to three days so if it's two days then it's 16 hours let's give it an extra four let's say it's going to be 20 hours right here is telling you 15 contact hours is going to be five points. So that hydrogen sulfide IDC class is going to give you a minimum of five points. And in that category, you can maximize 20 points, uh, which is all you need for your, your uh, uh, cost M in this case. So that's how the point system works. If uh, Right over here, you're going to see a category for a special government employee, right? That's if you help OSHA in a VPP site, then you become a special government employee. Uh, so activity does count towards designation. It's not all training, just sometimes it's what you do activity wise. All right, gang. So I am going to call this one a day. You guys did really awesome. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, for those of you on the Safety Consultant TV, uh, just go ahead and leave a comment for me there. Let me know uh, what you think. And you have all the links that is going to take you to your recertification guides. That's the key, right? All right, King. Go get them. This episode has been powered by Safety FM. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast or broadcast are those of the host and its guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the company. Examples of analysis discussed within the past hour are only examples. They should not be utilized in the real world as the only solution available as they are based on very limited and dated open source information. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the company. No part of this podcast or broadcast may be reproduced, stored within a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means mechanical, electronic recording, or otherwise without prior written permission of the creator of the podcast or broadcast, Sheldon Primus.